The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have my esteemed co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, also on the show today. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. We always have interesting folks uh, on our show. Today we have Jim Beach, who's a co-author of School for Startups. I'll tell you a little bit about him, and then we'll bring on Kathy. Jim started working as a research assistant at the Japanese External Trade Organization in Atlanta. He attended graduate school in Hawaii before working for Coca-Cola in Japan. At the age of 26, he founded American Computer Experience, which provides technology training for young people. And he sold the company in 2001 and started teaching at uh, Georgia State University. And now he's at the Metro Atlanta Chamber of Commerce uh, working as an educational specialist. And he has worked extensively with United Parcel Services to promote exports. And we're going to hear more. We'll bring him on and we'll hear more from him in uh, just a moment. But let me bring on uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. Hi, Kathy. Hey, Riley, how you doing? Great to be here today. I'm very excited to be learning more uh, from our guest, uh, James Beach, and uh, I'm really interested in knowing more about the School for Startups. But, um, you know, before we get going, uh, I would like to uh, make sure that the uh, audience knows a little bit about who you are and a little bit about who I am, and then um, we'll get right to the yeah. meat of the matter. How's that? That sounds good. Well, let me all start off telling a little about you. Um, most folks know you, but for anybody who's new to the show, Kathy Greenberg coaches leading executives and entire companies on her proven happiness equals profit strategies. Kathy uh, has authored multiple books on the science of happiness, including the number one, What Happy Companies Know, and her latest number one bestseller, What Happy Working Mothers Know. She touches millions as a speaker, TV, radio, and media personality, and she's also the founder of a renowned executive consultancy, H2C, that stands for Happy Companies, Healthy Company, Healthy People. She currently offers friendly tips and tools to be your best at work uh, at home on ABC's The Morning Blend, and she has a new web TV show, Your Happiness Now, and she also has an iPhone app coming out uh, shortly, which will be called Your Happiness Now. And you can visit her at h2cleadership.com for free downloads to access your true talents for happiness and job satisfaction. Oh, thanks, Riley. You know, um, both of us can be found at the excelinstitute.com, and that's X-C-E-L, Excellence in Coaching for Executive Leaders. And um, 
I think most of you know Relly, if not from our show. Uh, now we've been on the, the air for three years now. We'll have a whole new season for you coming up. But um, Dr. Relly Nadler is a master-level certified executive coach. He is a psychologist, a corporate leadership and team trainer. And, of course, Dr. Nadler brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and development programs. And Dr. Nadler's newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries and across any organization. His highly respected work is the focus of countless business journals, blogs, and online news features, and his programs are a mainstay at leading Fortune 500 companies. You can visit him at truenorthleadership.com for free downloads to access your best performance through emotional intelligence. And, of course, you can also visit him at our joint website, excelinstitute.com. So, uh, Relly, do you want to talk uh, maybe just a couple fine points uh, about leadership development news and some of the things that we're uh, visiting here uh, in the world's, um, I want to say, most challenging times and historic leadership chaos? Yes, uh, uh, Kathy, I think that's exactly uh, what's going on and why we have this leadership development news, you know, to give people some tips, some strategies. And it is a challenging time, this um, historic leadership chaos. Why leadership development news? Uh, there's three brain drains because it is chaos. One, we've lost about 8 million jobs because of the Great Recession. Two, Baby boomers, uh, thousands are retiring every day. We're leaving a shortfall of about 10 million workers uh, over the next you know, five to ten years. And the group that's coming up then, this is the number three piece, Gen X, Gen Y, those who are in their 30s and 40s entering the leadership role actually have a little lower emotional intelligence than the leaders who are leaving because of so much time with technology and FaceTime, uh, you know, computer time versus FaceTime. So with this, that's why we try to give you as much as possible in these uh, shows, little tips that you can learn, because you are the emotional thermostat for the team. And how you are, so goes the team. So any little changes that you can make uh, in your emotional intelligence and your leadership is, is going to affect your team and your organization. Well, you know, and we know also, uh, this is just something that floors me, that uh, happiness is something that you can control. And uh, as emotional intelligence goes, we know that optimism and happiness are supporting factors for anyone's emotional intelligence. And uh, there is a set point, however, for for happiness. And that set point, uh, which is as low as 40% in some individuals, can really be maximized to, um, well, well over 50% if individuals would pay attention to increasing life satisfaction through some very small steps. And we're going to talk about some of those in today's show because, as you know, in every one of our shows, we like to talk about well-being, leadership, uh, practices that can make you better faster. And in today's show, I think you're going to learn quite a bit about uh, how entrepreneurs can get better faster. We're going to talk to Jim Beach about the School for Startups, which is the title of his newest book. And, um, you know, as we go into this conversation, Relly, um, if there's anything you can add uh, sure. regarding um, leadership and uh, how entrepreneurs who uh, like to demonstrate that emotional quotient, that emotional intelligence can get the best performance out of 
anyone they work with, uh, as you said, by being the thermostat. You know, startups are a hard place for anybody to get started, so vision is so important, don't you think? Oh, definitely. And, you know, from one of the things we talked about last week with the Steve Jobs interview, we're talking with Jim, you know, about uh, what he has started up with computers. You know, just this, the power of the vision is so important. So we'd love to hear, you know, bring on Jim and hear about uh, his vision and, what, and how that's changed, what he's doing now. Oh, I would love to do that. So without further ado, we're going to bring you our guest today, and his name is Jim Beach. He's the co-author of a terrific book called School for Startups, which I think you're going to learn a lot about today. And, uh, you know, Jim started working as a research assistant at the Japanese External Trade Organization in Atlanta. Um, he attended graduate school in Hawaii before working for Coca-Cola in Japan. And at the ripe old age of 26, he founded American Computer Experience, which provided technology training for young people. He sold that company in 2001, and he then started teaching at Georgia State University. He now focuses on the Atlanta Chamber of Commerce, where he is today, and he has worked extensively with United Parcel to promote exports, and you may have caught one of his commercials, which we'll talk about as well in today's program. But you know, not just another book about how to start the next Microsoft or Apple in your garage, better yet, School for Startups is about low-risk entrepreneurship. Doesn't that sound appetizing? It sure does to me. It's a book about how to build slowly, sustainably, and profitably. It includes real-life examples from authors Jim Beach and Chris Hanks, who are experienced entrepreneurs themselves who've proved how even in a college classroom, businesses can be started from scratch and turn a profit very quickly and in turbulent economic times and across international borders. You know, the School for Startups, you can learn more about it, www.schoolforstartups.com, argues that entrepreneurship is not about risk or creativity, folks. In fact, 72% of Americans wish they were entrepreneurs. And when this group sees that risk and creativity can be removed, it's no excuses, no excuses for anybody. They have been featured in global TV, media, and Amazon's business section. The book features inside stories about several interesting, fascinating, yet very real and relatable entrepreneurs. So go to www.schoolforstartups.com slash media to learn more. And, well, Jim, it's time for you to come on here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kathy. I really appreciate it. Oh, we're, we're very happy to have you, and Relly and I love to learn, and as entrepreneurs ourselves, we are open books. So, Relly, how about if you kick us off? Yeah, so Jim, we always like to start off with you know, something a little more personal. Uh, how, did, how did you and Chris meet and decide that this was the project worth your time? Well, Chris and I were both teaching at the same university, but neither of us are PhDs. We're both non-academics. We're entrepreneurs who had had enough practical experience that the university actually gave us MBA classes, which is pretty rare. It's at a very good university, too. And so we started hearing about each other that there was this other guy who also teaches the same sort of stuff you do, very practical, uh, not academic, comes in and tells stories. And so we started doing some seminars together and doing some classes together and starting some companies in our classes together. And it got some media attention here in town. And one of the uh, reporters that was writing about us said, you guys should really do a book. And we were like, sure, you sell it. 
and we'll write it. And the reporter, whose name is David Beasley, who is with Bloomberg and uh, Global Atlanta, Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and is one of the co-authors of the book, uh, went out and sold it to McGraw-Hill. And we were like, oops, guess we better write a book now. So we sort of backed ourselves into it. It was not our intention to write this book. But we're certainly glad we did because we really love the message. Well, we love the message, too. And you know what else? We love to ask people, who really kind of influenced you? And, and your work to date, I mean, 26, starting a company, um, you know, could we go back here to Steve Jobs and Bill Gates? What's going on here? Well, you know, uh, I've had a lot of influences. Uh, I, I love to say that the marketplace has taught me the most, uh, the fact that uh, I couldn't get a job. And the reason I couldn't get a job, you know, I just finished up at Coca-Cola, as you said in my bio, in Japan, and it saved them a a tremendous amount of money in their Japanese uh, office and came back to Atlanta to get married and thought I was going to, you know, easily get a job here at the company headquarters. And many good companies said, no, we're not interested in hiring you. And the marketplace had voted. They said, you belong working for yourself. You you know, you do not play with uh, others very well. And so that certainly had a big influence. You know, the, the job search that I did in you know, two, I'm sorry, uh, 94, 95, around and then, which was a bad economy, just like now. Uh, it was easier to go create a job back then, as I learned, than it was to get one. And so that was certainly an influence. My parents also were fantastic supporters of me, but they were also very much supportive of me moving out of their house and getting uh, something <laughs> that would support myself. Launch, Jim, launch. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so they were very supportive of me starting a business that didn't involve their money or living in their basement. Uh, so they were great, and they've been fantastic along the way. Uh, and, you know, Steve Jobs and uh, the names you mentioned, I did hear your interview last week when you were talking about Steve Jobs and what he had done at Pixar there at the end of the interview. And, you know, I often say that Steve and Bill Gates, in a sense, broke entrepreneurship for so many people. For that 72% that you were referring to that wanted the entrepreneurs, they're like, I can't be Steve Jobs. I can't be Bill Gates. I can't, you know, hope to be that successful. And that's what we're trying to talk to, you know, know, that group in the book say, you know, if you go start a business that's $100,000 in year three, that's still really, really, really cool and worth Mm -hmm. doing. And so that's what we're talking about in the book. Well, this is uh, something that I know many people want to hear more about. We want to hear more about your experiences. And I want everybody to stay tuned to tune up your performance, don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. 
seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome to Leadership Development News. Today we're talking with Jim Beach, uh, co-author of the School for Startups. We're just getting into um, finding out a little bit more about him. His website is www.schoolforstartups.com. No space altogether, schoolforstartups.com. And in the intro we mentioned this, Jim, but um, where do you think the desire for, you said 72% of people uh, want to be entrepreneurs. Where does that come from? Where does that desire come from? Well, you know, it's from Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, these people who have this incredible lifestyle. But not only that, the, the person that you see at the soccer game or the soccer coach, who this guy who strangely has time to help his children at 3 o'clock every afternoon, yeah. you find out, you know, oh, he's a business owner, and that's why he has time every afternoon. And just over, you know, through the media and throughout uh, learning uh, the life lessons, you see that entrepreneurs have, 
what Kathy loves to talk about, this special happiness, and what you love to talk about, this emotional intelligence, where they have a really cool lifestyle. You know, it's maybe not rock star cool, but this is interesting. More people want to be entrepreneurs than rock stars. Uh And I certainly am in that category. I'm interested in the freedom and the excitement that entrepreneurship offers, but I would never want, you know, to be a rock star and all that kind of silliness, or even famous like a movie star. It's not appealing. But people like what entrepreneurship represents, which is American freedom. It's the, you know, the man on the horse out west conquering his own destiny. The, you know, the thing that Americans truly love, the, you know, going out and conquering and succeeding on your own is still very appealing to, you know, 72% of Americans. Yeah, it, not only is it, uh, you know, something that's appealing to 72% of Americans, it also is highly focused uh, in specific areas. And um, for me, in my world, uh, that's not only uh, executives who want to do well on their own, but it's women who realize that um, much the same thing happens to them that happened to you. Uh, you know, they love to play with others, but not necessarily in the same sandbox because they have kids at home. That's right. Well, you know, I'm a stay-at-home father, believe it or not. And you have three beautiful children. Uh, Yes, Kathy and I were trading children pictures over the weekend, and uh, so we did have fun with that. Uh, I'm the stay-at-home dad in our family, and the only reason I can do that is because of the lifestyle that entrepreneurship provides. And that's what's really cool, I think, why 72% are so attracted to this is that, you know, I'm a beacon to entrepreneurship. People see me around town, and they see me in the cafe at lunch with my baby, and they hear what I do, and that's a nice lifestyle. I have a very nice lifestyle. And so that's what's interesting. But, you know, only 10% of people actually act, and it's that 62% gap that we're so concerned about, those people that need to, to learn that, you know, you don't have to wait around for an idea. You know, creativity is great, and that's what Steve Jobs was so good at. But you know what? There are a lot of businesses that are not creative, that don't need to be creative. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and that's, there's nothing wrong with running one of those. And so we love to tell people to get on Google and type in top 100 business ideas and just see the plethora of free ideas that are out there for people to get started with. And so that 62% we really want to talk to and say, you know what, go get happy by doing what you want to do, which is not having a commute, not having a boss to report to and controlling your own destiny and go start something. And so say that again. I missed what you said. You said 10% act and 62%. Right. So if we have 72% of Americans want to be entrepreneurs and 10% of Americans are, that's 62% that are unfulfilled and unhappy, secretly wishing as they drive in their 40-minute commute every day to report to the man in a job they really don't love, you know, that 62%. Over half of America secretly wishes they could be doing something else. That's great. Well, so part of that, and you've done it, did you ever find yourself questioning how others have been successful without your ideas? And if so, you know, what did you learn from their techniques that may be different from yours? Oh, well, I, I'm certainly not silly enough to think that my ideas are exclusive. And, in fact, as my mother pointed out, most of my ideas are old-fashioned common sense. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with anyone's method of success. If someone's doing something that's radically different from the way I espouse doing it, 
and they're successful more power to them you know i'm very happy for them and i will learn from what they're doing uh i've tried it their way too you know i i've my primary thing is just don't use much money i think if you spend more than five thousand dollars to start a business you're making a mistake and i've done that i've put a lot of money into businesses of mine and i've regretted it you know so i personally know that i'm happier using the things that i want to talk about than the other methods and there's nothing wrong with the other methods it's just that i know i don't sleep well if i owe people money I just don't. You know, if I'm really, really in debt, and I've been $10 million in debt at one point in my life with the bank calling every day and wow. take houses and cars and stuff like that away, uh, I don't like that, and I don't want to go back there, and I don't want the listeners to go back there. And so that life lesson has gotten me to where I am today, and I'm certainly going to learn from other people, but I'm going to follow my rules and the rules that are in our book simply because I sleep better at night that way. My wife appreciates it when I sleep well at night because then she sleeps well at night. (laughs) That makes perfect sense. That's a fascinating story. Now, is any of this um, idea about you being an entrepreneur with $10 million in debt, is that in your book? Uh, You know, that story is not... Uh, the beginning of the story is in the book. The end, how we got out of that debt, that part is not in the book. But it certainly uh, created the principles, or was the you know the driving impetus behind the principles of low risk. You know, again, I'm not going to spend more than five thousand dollars. The mm-hmm. business that got ten million dollars in debt, interestingly started for under two thousand dollars and did great for five years. Until back in, you know, 1998, 1999, you know, the crazy days when everyone was going public, we made a conscious decision to let's go get $10 million and spend $10 million and try to go public and try to, you know, go for the brass ring. And it didn't work out. We made some serious mistakes along the way. Uh, and, you know, so when we violated the principles of low risk is really when I got myself in trouble. Uh, the, the outcome of that is another book, uh, you know, which I, I will write one day and we'll come back and talk about it. Then I'll tell you what happened now. We ended up having two of the most... That's the book called years. The School for Success Stories. Well, yes, exactly. We ended up, did repay the debt and the company did survive and make its way through that. But it took uh, a lot of time, and it was very painful, and it required us to do a lot of the, you know, emotional intelligence learning uh, that Relly is talking about. And it was, you know, I, when you were talking about happiness, Kathy, I was thinking about those times that the company looked to me every morning to see whether the company was going to be happy or on pins and needles that day. And what I did reflected, you know, in the office. And it was very true. The company knew we were in financial trouble. You couldn't hide that. But my, you know, daily persona was really important and one of the things that helped get the company through that because we maintained a positive attitude throughout all of it. And so, you know, it is very important to, you know, realize that. Um, But those are interesting stories that help shape the principles that are in the book today. Well, and one of the things that you're highlighting, Jim, and I think we talked about that, leaders, you can be experiencing all that anxiety, not sleeping at night and everything else, but when you come to work, you kind of have a different face on. It's kind of your game face. Exactly. Because optimism and because your emotions are so uh, influential, influencing that 
that's that self-management piece. So let me ask you another question. You and Kathy were saying earlier that, that you were on a UPS commercial. And how, right. how, did that, how did that happen? Well, we were part of the iHeart Logistics campaign. Uh, all of those you know, show logistics actually happening, and my partner Chris and I were the only one of that, that campaign, the only ad in that campaign that showed people talking, you know, had experts uh, talking, so we were very honored to be selected by UPS to do that. We've done uh, UPS's uh, external training for a, a good number of years, going out to UPS customers and saying, here's how to get international, here are some things that we can do to help you get international, and trying to show uh, American companies that, you know, importing and exporting is not quite that hard, and in many ways, it's less risky than doing business with Kansas or Illinois or Florida. And when people learn that and learn some of the, the incredible tricks, uh, it becomes very easy. And so UPS was interested in encouraging imports and exports, obviously, because it drives revenue for them. And so we've had a long, great relationship with UPS. It's a fantastic company that does great thing and supports small businesses and helps people grow and things like that. The things that the Fortune 50 companies are supposed to do, UPS does. Well, one of the things I think some of our listeners might like to see is that very commercial. And in fact, I'm sure some of them have seen it on TV. They just don't know it's you. So if they go to www.schoolforstartups.com backslash media, they'll not only learn more about you in the book, but they'll have an option to click on that commercial and see it firsthand. Yeah, and all of the you know interviews and stuff that I've done are up there. There's a, a piece where CNN calls me the Simon Cowell yes. Capital, <laughs> which uh, my daughter thought was absolutely hysterical. Uh, you know, because that's not my personality. But uh, anyway, when CNN says it, my daughter thought it was funny. So yes, all of the interviews are up there on the website, and in addition. The website comes with about 70 hours of online content of Chris and I in an organized format sharing all of our stories, how to be more creative, how to get an idea if you're not creative, how to bootstrap, uh, 22 ways to start a business for under $5,000, how to market, how to do social media, how to get to number one on Google, how to buy a business with absolutely no money. Um, all of these things are on these videos, and if you buy the book for nine, ten bucks on Kindle, you get a month on the Learning Center for free, and so you can learn absolutely everything I know about entrepreneurship for ten dollars. That's what I'm worth. I'm worth ten whole dollars. Uh, but the Learning Center is a couple hundred dollars a month, and you can get it for free if you buy the book. So, Well, you know what's really, really exciting about what you're doing? There are so many entrepreneurs who are struggling today, especially in this economy, and what you're doing is you're not only telling your own story about failure and success and how anybody can really be successful as an entrepreneur if they understand what business they're in, who they need to work with, what they need to do to be successful, but... Some of the things that you said you have that are for free, you know, there there are some safety nets that business people should learn, um, and they can learn them from you. But there are some things that they can do to, uh, to kind of jumpstart uh, their success that's readily accessible in the book. Can you talk about them here on the show a little bit without giving the book away? Yeah, sure. You know, the 
the Randy Brown story comes to mind when you refer to seamless transition from work to entrepreneurship and these safety nets that you're talking about. Randy Brown uh, dropped out of high school when he was 16 and became a courier for a super large downtown law firm. And in the next 24 years, made his way up to office manager. It was still making $40,000. And he learned that he could stop his job, quit his job, and outsource his job to the same law firm, now does the same thing that he used to do for one law firm, for five or six law firms, mm-hmm. makes a great income, but he did it seamlessly with absolutely no risk. He went to the law firm and said, let me start on Monday with this contract. They said yes, and in no risk whatsoever was able to seamlessly transition. Well, we're going to come right back. We're going to come right back to that, so don't go away, Jim. I want you to talk more. You're listening to Leadership Development News, so tune up and tune in for your better performance right after this break. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Today we're talking with Jim Beach and have a lively conversation about his new book, School for Startups, schoolforstartups.com, if you want to get some more information. Uh, And Jim, we talked about earlier that 72% of people really want to be an entrepreneur, but it sounds like you're saying one of the things is there's a myth that uh, there's too much risk involved in that. Maybe you can kind of tell us about that. Sure, you know, if you go out on the street and ask 100 people to define entrepreneurship, I think 99% of them are going to include risk somehow in their definition, you know, risk taker or, or something like that. And I think that prevents people from, you know, or stops people from uh, fulfilling their dreams. 
you know, I'm 47 years old and I have two kids about to go to college. There's no way I can be an entrepreneur. I can't risk that right now. I can't double mortgage the house. My wife just lost her job. It's too risky right now. And so these are the type things that we hear and the type things that people are feeling that, you know, stop them from being an entrepreneur. They think it's risky. And, you know, it is. And so what we're trying to say is let's change how we define entrepreneurship and let's take the risk component out by saying I'm not going to spend more than $5,000, period. That's one of my rules. Hmm. I'm going to make that a rule with my spouse that this new investment, no matter what, is only going to cost $5,000. And having that as a rule really, really limits the risk. I'm only going to put in $5,000, which might be, you know, the week vacation during the summer or, or something like that that you would sacrifice. $5,000, oh, I can't start anything cool for that. Well, no, you can. Uh, we tell 12 stories in the book about people who, for $5,000 or less, started companies that are incredibly interesting. There's one guy in there 30 years ago started trading chicken parts internationally, proteins, selling protein in and out of various markets, buying it where it's really cheap and selling it where it's more expensive. We now have a special word for him. He's called a billionaire. He started with under $500. We have a story of a Tierra Reed started with $2,000, a consignment clothing store because she realized she couldn't afford a high-end fashion store like what she wanted. She went on Craigslist and eBay and bought $2,000 worth of old racks and display cases and things like that and got a consignment store up and running, which is now doing really well and is now, you know, she's got enough uh, cash on hand now to actually carry her own inventory and is actually doing what she wanted to of having her own high-end fashion store. Uh, the lady that sold those silly bands uh, necklaces and bracelets that all the little toddler kids were wearing, you know, all the different color rubber band things, uh, silly bands. She started that business for $2,800 and ended up selling $6 million of silly bands made out of plastic. There's the story in there of Joey Tatum, and this is probably my favorite because I'm a man. I'd love, I'd love to own a bar and a restaurant and have my own table. Relly, do you, do you desire to have your own bar and restaurant? <laughs> yeah, I think that would be fun. Yeah, I want my own bar and restaurant. Kathy, <laughs> you can be too. Well, All right. That could be right. one of our Kathy, endeavors. All right, the three of us are going to open up a bar and restaurant together. What Joey did, though, that was so cool is like, you know, I only have $5,000. I can't afford all of the nice stuff. And in his neighborhood, there was a barber shop, and the barber died, and the lease was up. And he went in and rented the barber shop space, and he took the chairs out. And you can still, 20 years later, see the rings on the floor where the chairs used to be. And it's got exposed cinder block walls, and the rafters are exposed in the ceilings. It's what we call a dump or a dive. But he started it for $4,000. He had two kegs and like 10 cases of beer his first weekend. And now 20 years later, he owns seven bars and restaurants. He owns wow. a parking lot. He owns the ATM machine next door to a 70,000-seat college football stadium. Uh, he's done tremendously well. He's never borrowed a cent. He did it all slowly on cash flow conservatively. But he started really small. You know what he did? He tempered. He wheeled in his desire for greatness. You know, we would all love to have that bar and restaurant, you know, with the really beautiful brass brewing equipment right as you walk in, and it's got its own special micro brew. 
Well, one of those opened up across the street from him, and they spent $3 million doing the build-out. How many beers do you have to sell to pay for your $3 million investment versus how many beers did Joey have to sell to pay for his $10,000 investment? His bar's not cool, but you know what? It's open. <laughs> it's successful. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's survived. I'm in. I'm in. I'm a partner. Exactly. I want to start any business with Joey because he's smart. He's, he makes sense. You know, he's not going to risk anything. He's incredibly non-pretentious. You know, he's just a guy who owns. Well, Jim, let me ask you this. Did you ever find yourself, you know, questioning how others have been successful without your ideas? And if so, what did you learn from their technique that may be a little different from what you share in the book? Well, uh, you know, other people have done things differently, and they are just as smart as me, and there's nothing wrong with that. They're, my method works for me. It might not work for you. And if it works for you, whatever you're doing and it's successful, I say go with it. You know, I'm not going to tell you that I'm smarter than you. So I'm, I'm going to try to learn from you as well, too. You know, everyone has something to teach someone. I'm going to try to learn from other people, too. Terrific. So, so Jim, one of the things you talked about as a safety net, which I, I really liked, was only invest $5,000. Are there other kind of safety nets uh, that will help people jump from employee to an entrepreneur? Well, yeah, I, I say don't jump. You know, let's, I, I, that word scares me. It implies a whole bunch of motion. What about a really slow, gradual walk instead of a, like a, a canter, not a canter, an amble. Let's slowly amble toward entrepreneurship over the next three or four years. Let's hope you have a job today. If you do, I want you to go in the next month and figure out what type of business you want to start that you can start after hours, that you can come home and work from 5 o'clock until midnight on. It might be an Internet business or whatever, but I, I hope that you build that business slowly and that in year one it does maybe $20,000 in revenue, and in year two it might do $40,000 in revenue, and in year three you might do $75,000 in revenue, and all of a sudden your boss figures out why you take two hours lunch breaks and go, you know what, maybe you should just go do your business full-time now. And you go, you know what, I'm ready to now because I've slowly transitioned into this over the last few years. I've risked very, very little, you know, and so it's not risky for me to make that transition now. You know, the most important thing is that, think about it, how many hours of the day do we waste on ESPN Sports Center and the Real Housewives of New Jersey and all of this other junk. If we took that stuff out of our lives, you have several hours a day, many hours during the weekend that you can devote to doing this on the side. So I think the best answer is I don't want you to jump. I want you to slowly, slowly work your way into it because it reduces risk. And I'm not you know, to that, that makes so much sense. I was just listening to one of our other sister shows here on Voice America, and they were talking about uh, somebody who had, uh, I guess, developed a process uh, in the systems uh, world where you and I have lived, Jim, and um, they took an old Apple warehouse, and they were converting it, and uh, the person was saying that they only needed 15 minutes a day. And and they made this big production out of 15 minutes a day. But the team that was working on the warehouse said, "Give us, just give us eight hours, and we'll have this place cleaned out and ready to go." 
But the people who were leading the effort said, no, it has to be a community-led effort because it's for the community. 15 minutes a day, no struggle, no stress, and it will gain momentum by the number of people and the quality of the people in the community that show up. And sure enough, it was a slower process, but doing it 15 minutes a day magnified this particular process of cleaning out this old Apple warehouse and making it usable to the community, and it just exploded. The community came out of the woodwork, and of course, hundreds of people came and showed up to do what would have taken a team of people eight hours to do. Uh, amazing story. stories, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I hate to be the one talking last before we go to break, because the show is about you, Jim, but unfortunately, we have to take a quick break. We'll be right back, so don't go away. We're talking to a great entrepreneur, Jim Beach, so... Um, If you want to learn more about School for Startups, come right back. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Today, we're talking with uh, Jim Beach and having a, a lively conversation. School for Startups is new book, same as the website, schoolforstartups.com. And Jim, what are, in the last segment here, we want to get a, uh, some of your sense on, um, just during a break, we we're talking about just this idea of passion. You're obviously, as we hear you, can, can hear the passion in your voice. What, what part does passion and maybe finding passion 
uh, contribute for someone to make that break to be an entrepreneur? Well, I'm going to be a little uh, counterintuitive on this one also. Just like I don't think entrepreneurship is about creativity and I don't think entrepreneurship is about risk, I don't want passion to stop you from being an entrepreneur either. So Kathy and I, and I don't know about you, Riley, but Kathy and I, we've established we're passionate about our kids. I'm passionate about the lifestyle that I need to have the relationship I want with my kids. I'm passionate about the fact that I'm wearing T-shirt and blue jeans right now, and I'm in my house, right? My child is across the street, and I know exactly where that is. Um, I didn't have to drive to work today. I got up and started doing things when I wanted to. I'm passionate about my life. And I don't think that you have to be passionate about what you're selling. And so when entrepreneurs say, you know what, I, I... I can't make a living what I'm passionate about. I can't either. My hobby is woodworking. If I could, you know, have my way, I could woodwork all day long and make all the furniture in my house, and that would be really cool. But I, I can't make a living woodworking. And so I've had to realize that the passion is it's enough to be passionate about the process. It's enough to be passionate about the outcome. I'm really not that passionate about a lot of the goods and services that I sell. Now, you said you could hear the passion in my voice. I can become passionate about selling anything. You know, I have a company that sells restaurant technology. I think it's pretty cool, but who could ever be passionate about restaurant technology? You know, seriously, what's passionate about that? And so sometimes I think, you know, people just need to realize that even though passion is really cool, Passion can be the self-satisfaction of solving people's problems. Entrepreneurs are the people that solve problems on a daily basis. I am making people's lives better. I'm really passionate about that. And so what I really want you to the takeaway is don't let passion stop you from doing something else. You know, you might be really good at executive coaching or at real estate, but, you know, you're not passionate about it. I think being really good at real estate, though, allows you to be passionate about being a better parent, uh, a better uh, spouse, uh, a better boyfriend, a better girlfriend, a better person, with more free time and more money. Isn't that what passion? I'm passionate about having more free time and more money. I think that's good enough. What do you think? I love it, and I think that's a great way to tell people how to look at the distinctions in their life between, you know, performance and life satisfaction. Yeah. So you know what, Kathy? I know that you think, I agree with you, that happiness equals success, right? Well, I'm very, very happy when people ask me what I do. I say, you know, I get up when I want, I feed my baby breakfast, and I make myself a nice muffin, and I sit down and eat it slowly while I read my iPad with no commute. People are, wow, that's, you know, they're envious of that. I'm passionate about that. So the lifestyle, I think, you know, all three of us are, you know, interested in teaching the lifestyle of happiness or emotional intelligence, which is about being happy who you are, I think. Uh, People just need to accept that they can go out there and do stuff even with, you know, passion. They can gain passion without the motive of uh, financial success being the thing that's going to determine what to do. I think that's so much more important than any other passion. Riley, what do you think about that? I mean, I think it feeds our resilience, our emotional intelligence, Mm -hmm. our optimism, our success. 
Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think when you think about what's what's most important for people, and this is where I think uh, you know we do these kind of values clarification. For many people, that's what comes. It's the you know the play on words. It's the human being versus the human doing. And I think I like what you're saying, Jim. Often entrepreneurs, you know, or the, you may think, oh, that's the person who because they got their own business, they're working more, they're working all their hours, and they don't have a family. That's the human doing. The human being is really that sense of balance and and elevating those other priorities in your life, which you're saying then that being an entrepreneur and having your own business is, is a vehicle to be, to be well, more well-rounded. Well, you know, people say that I work too much because, you know, I work almost all the time. You know, when I'm awake, I'm working, except that I take that, you know, couple hours off for lunch to go have lunch with my friends. Oh, and I don't work from 3 until 5 when my kids are home. You know, and my wife comes home at six, from six into eight, I don't work. But I work really hard the other hours of the day. I do work until midnight every night. Every single night I work until midnight. But I take a lot of time off in the middle of the day, and that makes me happy. Uh, happy. So it makes me happy. Yep, and the reason <laughs> is because you're working on your schedule. You see, we call that setting your own pace. Yep, yep. And maybe that's what you hear in my voice. You hear that I'm happy. I definitely hear that you're content, that you're satisfied. But here's what I hear more of, Jim, which I hear a lot of from entrepreneurs who get what you're saying, and Relly and I are part of that team. We hear a life satisfaction that no amount of money can buy, no amount of praise from any external source can ever give you. Yeah, you know, I, uh, we don't, we live very comfortably, but it's not that big a place. You know, we, we could have a lot more, but we choose to, to have less because we enjoy taking three weeks off every summer to go to the lake. So, I'd rather be happy than rich. So, uh, what do you think uh, is different between, um, your book and maybe some of the other books, you know, around concepts of setting your own, own business is it some of the things we're talking about now, or what's what would you say are some of the highlights that's different? Well, the main thing is our thesis is that you know entrepreneurship is not about creativity or risk, and I think that's uh-huh. you know very counterintuitive to people. Think you know people think we're crazy when we say that, but if you remove the burden of being creative and finding something new, and just go on Google and type in new business ideas and do one of those, and you remove the burden of the double mortgage while your kids are going to school while your wife is unemployed, it becomes a whole different proposition. And so what's different about our book is we're not teaching you how to be good at any one thing. We're not teaching you how to manage your time better, and we're not teaching you about any industry or anything. All I want to do with this book is change your perception of risk, right? I want you to say, you know what? It is okay to start with only $5,000. Many, 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 many successful companies started with much less. That's okay. You know what? And you know what? I really wanted a three-level bar with rotating levels and different types of music on each level. You know what? Maybe that's not realistic right now. Maybe I'm not going to start off as a, a millionaire. Maybe I should become a 10000 there first. And so let's real, you know, rein in our expectations and say, you know what? $10,000 a year business is still sexy. $20,000 a year in year two is still sexy. It's still worth doing. So get off the sofa, 
read this tiny little book. It's 200 pages. It's designed to be read in one weekend. My 12-year-old daughter read it and understood it. There's nothing complex about it. The story, what makes us different is we're changing the way you think about creativity and risk and passion and making it much easier for anyone in the 72% to go be an entrepreneur today. It's, that sounds so easy, yet you know what I think it is? I think there's a piece of, of this equation which Relly and I know is important, um, and that is trusting your own instincts, mm-hmm. trusting your skills, and having the confidence and the courage to take that leap. But as you said earlier, getting comfortable with the small steps you take to learn about that part of who you are, get your own your own emotional intelligence there under control so that you can become self-employed. Does that courage and confidence piece fit into that equation as well? Sure. You know, they, uh, but that's also something I think that, as you pointed out, you can learn that, right? You can teach yourself to be happy. And so I think that over time you can develop that in yourself. Can I give you a free business that all your listeners could go start today? They would love it. Money? Okay, go today to 10 restaurants between 2 and 5 in the afternoon when the restaurant's not busy. Go to the manager and say, Mr. Manager, I would like to be your social media manager. I will manage your Facebook, your Twitter account. I'll build up your email list on a slow Tuesday night when you have no business. Call me. I'll send out a tweet. We'll offer half price on wine for the next hour if you mention the tweet, and we'll fill up the restaurant. Restaurants are the only place in the world right now where they don't have a social media strategy. Maybe some in your restaurant or your neck of the woods do, but 99% of the restaurants in America have no Facebook page, no Twitter account. Go in and say for $200 a month, I will be your social media manager. Get 10 of those accounts and your 18-year-old kid, you're getting $2,000 a month to do what you want to do anyway. If you have a job now, you could do this at night on the side after you go. You get home from your job instead of watching The Real Housewives of ESPN. This is zero risk because it's not going to cost you a cent to get started, and you can go do it today. What do you think? What do you think? Do you like the idea? I think it's a great idea, um, and, and you're right, especially if that vacant time and the, the lack of money for a startup and uh, – Tweeting or or texting, you know, is an easy thing yeah, to do, and, and especially for a uh, eighteen to twenty year old. Or if you're new, uh, you know, to technology, this would be a great thing to jump into it. I love it because it's no risk. Yeah, go out there and see if you can do it. If you can't do it, you didn't lose anything. The worst thing that would happen is all of a sudden you have ten new accounts and some income. That's great. Yeah, can't ask for anything more, and it's free. It's free, no risk. Well, thanks for that great idea, Jim, and we really appreciate uh, you being on the show and sharing this. School for Startups is the book. Schoolforstartups.com is the website. So go ahead and visit that and and, uh, put some of these things that Jim's talking about on on our show to use. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, we really enjoyed it, and we know that everybody here has been tuning in to tune up their performance using what you have to share with them in the School for Startups. Thanks a million, Jim. Thank you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.